the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a series of messages called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life, on the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6? We've got a long section of Scripture In front of us today, Proverbs chapter 6, starting at verse 20, reading through all of Proverbs chapter 7 as we continue to make our way through this book, which is so full of wisdom, so helpful, so clear. Today, we come to an extended section where the scriptures warn us through Solomon warning his son against adultery and the adulteress. This section of scripture is, uh, is straightforward, it's, uh, it's helpful, um, and it's challenging, and all of that is really good. It's good for us to consider all of that. And so let's read this section of scripture, let's pray that God might do his work among us as we hear this section of scripture worked into us, because Proverbs is such helpful, practical wisdom and insight. And this is part of all of that. So let's give our attention starting at Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20 reading through all of Proverbs chapter 7. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and its teaching a light. And the way of, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not let her, do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he's hungry, but if he's caught, he'll pay sevenfold. 
He'll give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will live. Keep my teaching as the apple of seductive speech. She persuades him with her smooth talk. She compels him. At once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray in his ways. If you were to, um, after the service now, Google Toad Hall Architectural Digest, you'd find images of a building called Toad Hall in Architectural Digest. You'd find a building that seems to me the absolutely ideal retreat. Situated in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, surrounded by acres of pristine forest with a trout creek running a little ways away from the primary bedroom, the woman who designed the home said that it was the ideal combination of both refined and rugged. She said, from blue jeans to ball gowns, this home works for everything. If you were to enter the house, you'd find a striking great room. You'd find a striking great room that uh, had walls and ceilings of salvaged wood that offset the sophistication of the great room's furnishings and art. It includes 19th century oil paintings and tapestries. The focal point of the great room is a large stone fireplace, and just off the great room, a porch built as an extension of this room. It overlooks um, the pond on the estate, and beyond the pond, the rolling foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Were you to go and sit in this porch, you'd find that you would have your fill of some of the most glorious views that you've ever seen. The great room fireplace extends into the porch. A couple years ago, a young family was staying in this home, and they wanted to head out for a walk around the luxury hotel and the farm that uh, are adjacent to the building. They were nervous about the embers which were in the fireplace. They didn't want to put the house at risk of fire, and so the husband decided that he would do something which, in hindsight, and possibly if he had uh, taken a second to think about it, in the moment, was extremely foolish. He filled a, a flimsy tin bucket with the embers and set the embers on the great room porch, and then he left to take his family for a walk. When they turned back from the walk, they they saw flames about 80 feet in the air, As they got back to the property, the fire department had already been called. Firefighters worked to contain the blaze, but the home was completely eaten up, along with all of its artwork. The home itself being a masterwork of art, all of it consumed by the fire. The sad reality is if this young man had simply let the embers remain in the fireplace, there really would have been no chance of the fire devouring the home. The fireplace was built to contain the embers, and had they stayed there, everything would have been completely fine. It was through his action of moving the fire to a place that it didn't belong that led to the blaze consuming the property. Fire's a good thing. And when the fire's roaring in the hearth and you can sit in the perfectly appointed 
porch surrounded by nothing but the sounds of nature, looking at a roaring fire safely burning in the place constructed for it, you realize that fire in the right place is an extraordinarily wonderful thing. But when it's moved to the wrong place, it becomes extremely destructive. So we find in Proverbs 6 and 7 today, in these two chapters, Solomon instructs his son about how utterly destructive adultery is, how it will ruin your life, how it will lead you to destruction. It's a message about the problem when good things are given to the wrong places. Sex throughout all of the Bible is a glorious gift of God. It's to be experienced and enjoyed by a husband and a wife within the bonds of their covenantal union. But when it's removed from that context, it becomes extraordinarily dangerous. Not because sex is bad, but because it's so good and because it's so powerful. And when we take it out of the God-built location for it, it becomes something that devours and destroys Specifically, this passage tells us about the utter destruction brought about by good things in the wrong places. This passage tells us about the utter destruction brought about by good things in the wrong places. There are two parts of this particular passage. Most everything in Proverbs chapter 6 tells us about the dangers of adultery. And most everything in chapter 7 has to do with the dangers of the adulteress. So we're going to take a look at these two sections. First, the warning against adultery, and second, the warning against the adulteress. You can see that those are the headings that are given in the Bible, if your Bible is still still open to that part of Scripture. Chapter 6, warning against adultery. Chapter 7, warnings against the adulteress. The editors of the English Standard Version agree with the structure of this sermon. As Solomon continues his instruction to his son in chapter 6, he lets his son know that the way that the boy's father and mother have been teaching him are a way of life. They are the way to illuminate the darkness and to keep their son from stumbling. And the kind of stumbling that he wants to prevent his son from falling into, specifically in this part of the Bible, is the stumbling into adultery. Solomon instructs his son not to fall in with the evil woman, not to listen to her smooth tongue, not to desire his beauty, her beauty in his heart. Immediately in this section of scripture, we're given the first bit of wisdom in this particular passage. The wise person can recognize someone or something that is alluring and shrug, not allow that to be cultivated within himself, within his mind, within his heart. Sometimes we can think somebody is moral if they make a big deal about something, if they see something that someone might consider alluring and they announce to everyone, ah, gross, and then they shut their eyes and look away. Solomon just says, hey, don't desire her beauty in her heart. Don't look at her eyelashes too long. I love how specific this section of scripture gets to us. The big show of avoidance that we can sometimes see in people who are making a big deal of the fact that they are avoiding sin can actually be a sign of spiritual immaturity, a sign that somebody has looked at something that might objectively be alluring and said, oh, I would never fall into that thing. Just notice how much I'm avoiding it. It can be an indication of the fact that that's actually setting in the heart and you're making a big deal of your avoidance of it because you want people to think that it's not residing there. 
Instead, the wisdom of Solomon is just to say, hey, you see this, this beauty? You see this thing that's alluring? And this sort of thing can go for men as well as women, women and men both. Just don't let it reside in your heart. Don't let it stay there. A person that has grown in grace and has been brought into maturity by the Lord God is able to recognize something that might be objectively alluring and just simply not let it take root in your heart, in your mind, in your seat of affections or desires. The way of wisdom and the way of spiritual maturity is to not try to claim that you are without desire. Not try to insist that you're without desire, not even to try to cut off desire, but rather to direct it to the right places. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukemai. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now more from Pastor Derek in our series called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life. On the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. Here in Proverbs chapter 6, the problem is not recognizing beauty and being delighted by it. The The problem is recognizing beauty and then letting it take residence in the wrong part of you. Or letting the wrong beauty take residence within you. The response instead, given in Proverbs chapter 3, just a couple earlier, a couple chapters earlier, is to say, find your delight in your own spouse. Let yourself just be captivated by the one that God has given to you. Don't take your desire and place it on someone that God does not, does not tell you that's a good sort of thing. Allow this desire to just exist within the course of your own marriage. The desire is good. The recognition is good. The beauty is good. Where it becomes bad, where it becomes destructive, is if it's taken out of the context which God intends Beauty is a gift of God. Desire is a gift of God. It's simply that belongs within your own marriage. And if you see it somewhere else, don't allow it to take residence within your heart or mind. Solomon, again, is speaking to his son, but this instruction goes for both men and women. There are different things that men and women desire from the opposite sex, and there can be different ways that men and women can flirt with adultery as they cultivate unfaithful desires in their heart. It might be appearance or the sense of security that you think that you might have if you were with them rather than your own spouse. It could be the way that they make you feel and how you feel you deserve that after suffering through the lack of it in your own marriage. It may be that you wish that you had the wealth that you see someone else possessing. You could do so much with it if only if it were yours. The desire itself may be perfectly good, but if it isn't for your spouse, it's in the wrong place. Don't allow your heart to move into the what if, see the beauty or the eyelashes or hear the smooth words and shrug and allow your desires to be directed towards your own spouse. Or if you're single, allow them to be directed towards God. I recognize that this might sound right away as cold comfort, but the promise is that God will fill our hearts 
My pastor, when I was growing up, said something that has stuck with me ever since that time that he said it. He said, so many of us have just enough Christianity to make us miserable. We know that we're not supposed to do this or that or the other thing. We don't have enough of it to make us absolutely full of joy. And as we recognize that we are people who desire, realize that the Lord Jesus is the one who can be the fulfillment of all of our desires in the most glorious and beautiful and healthy and wonderful way. And so allow yourself to be captivated by the beauty of the gospel, by the truth of God's word, and by the glory of a savior who has come to redeem you. Solomon continues on and gives reason for his son not to desire the adulteress. He says to his son, if you give yourself to adultery, you are going to pay for it with your life. He says that the the value of a prostitute is a loaf of bread, but that if you give yourself to adultery, you are going to pay for it with your life. Verses 32 and 33 and 34 explain for us the ways that the adulterer is going to pay for this sin. Verse 32 says the adulterer destroys himself. Verse 33 says that he'll get dishonor and disgrace. And that his disgrace won't be wiped away. And verse 34 says that jealousy makes a man furious and he will not spare when he takes revenge. What the passage is telling us is that the one that commits adultery destroys himself dishonors himself, and endangers himself. Let me take those in reverse order. Again, this is practical wisdom to us that fills up the book of Proverbs. The last one that's mentioned in verse 34 is simply, you commit adultery, you might get killed. When you commit adultery, you arouse the jealousy of the husband, and frankly, he might literally or figuratively seek to kill you. The kind of blind rage that comes from knowing that someone has violated your wife and your marriage knows few bounds. No man will generally let it go easily. He'll develop a new life's purpose to punish the person who did this. He'll see to it that one way or another, the offending person is going to be punished for this thing. He'll refuse any gifts that might be offered that would placate him. And instead, the singular hope for his life is that this person might be destroyed. If this person, if you are a person that commits adultery, the Bible says that the adulterer gets dishonor, gets wounds, and gets disgraced that will not be wiped away. This again is simply stating a practical reality that follows those who have committed adultery. If you are somebody who has committed adultery, the reality is that the dishonor of that act is going to remain with you for a long period of time. When people whisper about you, um, even at the very end of your life. Well, you know what happened. Do you remember what happened back in 1977? Did you know that for all the nice things that were said at that funeral, that this happened, that that happened? Oh, you know that this is the reality, right? And the way that it's all summed up in verse 32 is that if you commit adultery, you destroy yourself. Very often, almost all that you valued most in life will be taken away from you. Whether it's your own sense of self, or your family, or your kids. Almost all of that which you valued most can be taken away from you because you were, to use the language of Proverbs, a fool. Solomon illustrates this with a compelling illustration. 
Solomon asks, can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Adultery, he's saying, is worse than taking fire and putting it on the porch. It's taking fire and holding it in your hands and keeping it right next to your chest. It's taking fire and setting it on the ground and then standing on it. It's something that will cause extraordinary harm. It destroys us. And the sad reality that is present among us today, that if the statistics are right, and I know that this is an extraordinary congregation, but if the statistics are right, then some of us who are here this morning are at least flirting with adultery right now. This may be through the desires that we allow to persist in our own hearts or minds. It may be through what we look at late at night on our phones or computers and we think nobody is watching. It may be what we read, we have hidden away. Again, at times when no one else is around, it may be dreams of things in the wrong places that we allow to persist again in our minds. It may be a, it may be a hug that's held too long. It may be a a level of emotional intimacy that's not appropriate in this place. It's appropriate really only with your spouse. And if any of us are here this morning and are flirting with adultery, I love you. And I need to tell you that you're destroying yourself. You can't pick up fire out of the hearth and hold it near near your own chest and not be damaged by it. And yet this is exactly what happens whenever we fail to honor God with the ways that we use our thoughts and our inclinations and our sexuality and our bodies. I love you so much that I need to tell you the truth that God's word is telling us. I love you and I don't want it to happen to you because again and again and again I have seen lives and marriages and reputations torn apart by the foolishness that is adultery. If you're flirting with it, if you're engaging with it, you're destroying yourself. And then having talked about adultery, Solomon continues instructing his son, going into greater detail about the adulteress. As we come into Proverbs chapter 7, we might find this section of scripture shocking. We live in an era right now where, rightly, There are powerful men who are being brought into account, brought to account for the ways that they have harmed and abused women, whether on the casting couch or to get a certain position in a company. The things that these powerful men were making women do is coming to light. Sometimes the movement is called Me Too. And there's a narrative that springs up in all of this from people rightly recognizing that powerful men in our country have abused their position to harm women. There's a narrative that can sometimes arise that men are always and only the abusers and women are always and only victims. And while that is most certainly the case and so destructive when we see it, the Bible gives much more credit to women than our culture does. Recognizes that men and women alike can both be caught in sexual sin, can both be victim, can both be victimizer. And here the Bible lays out the ways that the adulteress can go about her work. Not telling us that only women 
can seduce and draw innocent victims, or formerly innocent victims, in their trap. But it tells us that, that both men and women can be victim and victimizer. As the adulteress is described here in Proverbs chapter 7, she's described as wily of heart. Now, if we were to translate the Hebrew, maybe, maybe the most um, directly, maybe the most woodenly, this would be guarded of heart. It's a reminder to us of all of those that try to entice people into sin. They can approach us with a kind of openness that seems to us at first attractive or even alluring. And yet it doesn't demonstrate a heart that's open, but rather a heart that's closed. Very often the person that is coming to you and trying to draw you into sin is doing it because they want to use you for their ends and purposes. They're shielding their heart from you, even as they might expose their body to you. And that's what Proverbs 7 has talked about, this woman who is dressed as a prostitute but guarding her heart. The reality is that God invites us into a community where we have hearts that are open to each other by closing ourselves off to sin and sinful behavior. Here, there's a guardedness that's in the wrong place and an openness that's in the wrong place. Both guardedness and openness can be good if they're used in the right ways and placed in the right places. All of us are supposed to, to, to have a warm affection for each other, a, a heart that is open to each other. All of us should desire to know and love and care for each other. And we do that within the context of the church by closing ourselves off to engaging in sin with each other. We shut ourselves off from actions that, that might seem open, but actually demonstrate a heart that's closed because the person engaging in them wants to use you for their purposes. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.